Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, welcome to Technology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I'm here with my very wonderful and brilliant and great therapist and fantastic friend, Christine Heath. Oh, gosh. This is, this is definitely, you can tell how much we love each other on this show. No one else right. these things, but <laughs> I really appreciate that. Christine Heath here in Hawaii. Lots of aloha to all of you. Yeah. And so uh, today we're going to talk to you about a funny experience that happened to me early in my uh, exposure to the three principles when I got uh, hold of a term that apparently is very common in psychiatry and psychology, but I completely misinterpreted it through my new understanding. <laughs> so I was uh, working as a, a medical practice management, the CEO of a medical practice management company, and one of my clients, and the person who was introducing me to the three principles was Bill Pettit. And part of my work with him was to work on behalf of his practice with various hospitals when they were setting up contracts and so on. So he was uh, creating a program at a hospital in uh, Sarasota, Florida, and I was negotiating with the hospital administrator and the chief medical officer and some other people on the hospital board uh, for the terms of the agreement and setting up training for the staff and that kind of thing. And so uh, during the course of the conversation, one of the doctors at the meeting said, I'm not so sure we should do this. You know, I mean, Dr. Pettit is a nice guy, but he has some very weird ideas. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen patients come out of his office and uh, out of his, you know, because he did, he saw patients down there come out of the room that they've been in with him. And, you know, they went in crying and they come out laughing. And he said, you know, to me, that's just a flight into health. And when he said that, my little heart went, oh, yeah, that's how it is. It's a flight into health. You know, because I knew just enough about the three principles to know that, you know, when some your spirits rise and your mood rises and you, you know, you start to see your thinking for what it is, you're free from whatever the agonizing thoughts were that brought you in there in the first place. So I thought that was a compliment. And I thought, yeah, flight into health. And I said something like, yeah, that pretty much describes it. And he, he gets, they all kind of looked at me funny. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, if I, I'm just here to do the business part of it. I don't want to get into the therapy. But I, I thought that was a very nice thing to say. And, of course, they kind of snickered. Well, we did get the deal done, thank God. But I went back, I went back to Bill's office and I told him the story. And I thought he was going to die laughing. I really thought he was going to fall out of his chair. And he said, Judy, that's a term in psychiatry. And it's like when people have this sudden, you know, they got, they kind of go out of their mental illness briefly and it's, uh, it, it won't last because it's not real. It's their flight. They have this flight into health and then they just go right back into their illness. And I said, you're kidding. 
that's really, that's what he meant. And Bill said, yes, sadly, that's what he meant. <laughs> so, so now we want to talk to you about how, what it really means to us uh, when we talk about people having a shift in their level of consciousness and they end up in a totally different, suddenly they're in a different world. Yeah, it, it's, it's a funny thing because people have seen that people have shifts in their level of consciousness, right? That's what that is. A person shifts for whatever reason, but the, the profession hasn't understood it. So the only way they could understand it was that it was some weird thing that had to do with their mental illness and that the mental illness was actually creating that flight into health and that they would return back to that state of dysfunction that they diagnosed. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that's the, the funny thing about um, in the addiction field, they would send, originally when we started to treat people for alcoholism and drug abuse, the standard treatment was sending people to an inpatient program for a month. It was a 30-day program, and most of the treatments started that. And this was back in the... Uh, mid-70s, I think it was, maybe 74, 374 is when it started. And um, I remember because I had a job with the state where I was um, hired to help people set up outpatient treatment programs because the research showed that people would get just as much better if they went to outpatient as if they went to residential in most cases, unless there were significant there were factors that made them uh, need residential. But one of the things that happened when people went into residential treatment is they got, you know, lots of sleep and they were able to have good food. And of course, they were off alcohol and drugs and people were caring (laughs) about them and listening to them. And they were being told that they weren't bad people. They had this illness and that's why they did the things they did. And they would get into a better state of mind, you know, like their state of mind would change because they were doing all these healthy things and their natural innate health kicked in and they would get into a better state of mind. So what would happen when they'd get out is because they had no understanding of how that happened or how to maintain it. They would get out in the world and they would be focused on the world and what was happening. And frequently they'd also encounter the mess they made before they went into treatment and they would get stressed out and frequently relapse. And so they would call that good feeling that they got into while they were in the residential treatment program, the treatment pink cloud, as if that was this pie in the sky kind of feeling that happened because people, again, didn't maintain it. And that relapse factor, I mean, that's kind of really gotten in the way of us seeing that, wow, well, what did happen that created this? And then what happened that had it changed? Like, what, what's missing here? But because we didn't understand how thought works, I mean, and probably the, the um, addiction field is less, at that time anyway, was less affected by the analysis of psychology. But there was still this um, frequent relapse thing that happened because people would get so stressed out and then they'd go back to the thinking they had about what to do about their stretch, which is to get high and uh, they would get caught up in it again. 
So it's not, it, you can see how not understanding innate health and not understanding that that state of mind is in each one of us all the time would cause a trouble in kind of the analysis of what just happened with this person. Why did that happen? The other thing is that, of course, that because we weren't teaching people how it all works at the time, their success rate wasn't very high because they still were left with their thinking. And it would get so overwhelming and that they would just feel really bad and then go back to using. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing is true with people that have had uh, ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, is that their head's clear. Um, and, and so for a while after they've had this treatment, uh, they're not, they don't have much to think about. You know, it kind of, it's like sort of, I always say, it's like sweeping all the cobwebs out of your brain, you know, and, and then they start, the spiders come back after a while and build some more. So I had a client one time who had had ECT so many times that his doctor told him, I can't, he kept going back and the doctor said, I can't keep doing this. We don't know. We, there's not enough study of how many times it's safe to keep shocking your brain this way. And I'm afraid that I could do something and I just can't keep out. You're, I've given it to you more times than any other patient. I'm not going to give you anymore. And he was devastated because he thought it was the only thing that was keeping him sane. And um, he got referred to me by his attorney uh, who just said, the guy's so depressed, I can't work with him. I'm trying to set up his trust and his will and I can't get it done because he's, he's completely self-absorbed and he can't can't even carry on a conversation. So I talked to him and, and he told me about how disappointed he was. He said, you know, I needed that therapy, uh, you know, to feel better. And now I can't get it anymore. And nothing, nothing makes me feel better. Nothing, nothing makes me, nothing I've tried. And he said, you know, I'm not a drinker and I, I don't smoke pot or anything. He said, I just, I'm too old for that stuff. And I, I just don't, uh, I just don't have any place to turn. And I said, well, gosh, have you ever tried just turning to quiet within yourself? And he said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. He said, that's not a safe place. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, I mean, that's how I get myself in trouble because as soon as I start thinking about myself, and I said, I didn't tell you to think about yourself. I said, have you ever tried turning to quiet? within yourself, just get quiet, let your mind rest when these thoughts start plaguing you. And he said, oh, I have no idea how to do that. And I, I talked to him, I remember giving him Sid's uh, first two books, The Second Chance and In Quest of the Pearl, because he was a, he, he was a doctor, he was a very well read person. And I thought, well, he would, he would read books and he did read them. And he came back and he said, well, you know, it just seems like some of the characters, characters in this book just live in a whole different space than the rest of us. And I said, well, did you notice how the main character changed? And he said, yeah, but that was fiction. <laughs> and, he, and you could see where his thinking over the years, he had gotten so down and so sure that his mind was broken and that he couldn't be like other people, that he had all this negative thinking about himself. And that's right where he would go as soon as his thinking started to come back. And, you know, I, I really, uh, I, I don't know really how it turned out. He got a little bit better, but he, it, he had a, he was a tough case in the sense that he was 
in his 70s when I was talking to him, and he had been thinking that way for so long, for so many years. And his doctor basically told him, because he called me when he went back to you know his home state. He was We were in Florida. He went back to his home state where he'd gotten the ECT, and his doctor said to him, well, I don't think there's any therapy. He said, I don't know what this lady talked to you about, but she, he said, I don't think there's any therapy that helps people with your problem. And the guy said, you know, my doctor is a psychiatrist and he's a very skilled man and he doesn't think there's any therapy that'll help me. And I, and all I could say to him was like, you felt better when we were talking and you're calling me now. So something, some little wise voice is speaking to you saying, yeah, there, the yeah, other is. <laughs> Otherwise you would have said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm throw these books away and forget about this person. And he said, well, maybe that's true. And I said, well, I hope it's true. And I said, for me, I just believe that you're fine. And that if you just, you know, take to heart the fact that you're not broken and you have different states of mind like everybody else, and you just have spent a lot of your time in your life in this very low level of consciousness where the world looked really bleak to you. And then you've traveled occasionally into a level of consciousness where it looks a little better and you could play with your grandchildren and you could enjoy your retirement home. And I said, that's, if that can happen for five minutes, it could happen for the rest of your life. Because it, it happened. You can't deny that it happened. He said, no, I can't deny that it happened. But it just seems so transitory. But see, people don't realize the reason it seems so transitory is because we have these habitual thoughts. We go, this can't be true. This can't be. I, I, this is just a flight into hell. You know? <laughs> I can see where the term came from. But that's what we have to realize is that we get our, when our head clears, we get our spirits lift and we get into a different level entirely where the world looks completely different when we look out through our own eyeballs at the same thing we were just looking at before. It, it's it's amazing um, how much we, in general, as a field, overlook hope and the power of hope. Because what happens is, like I, I was when when the Sydney Banks's book first came out, Second Chance. I was still living in um, Minnesota at the time, and a man came in who had um, been in treatment with a psychiatrist for many, many years for his depression. And he just never could get out of it. And so I sent him home with that little book, second chance. And he came back and with the book in his hand and he sat down and he looked at me and said, do you mean to say there's hope for me? I said, there's hope for everyone. Yeah. Like that, the power of hope is so, unbelievable and unfortunately when we don't see the nature of health in people mental well-being in people we get stuck in the negativity and the problems and treating that so that that way is that patient is focused on that the doctor is focused on that the the therapist is focused on that and that becomes the reality and so even when they're out of that, even for a moment, nobody sees it. Nobody values it. 
because we trust yeah we haven't seen that that's the answer that's really the answer and instead of looking at trying to fix what's wrong we want to really help people to see that they have those moments that they can spend more and more time in those moments and that that's the cure for what ails them mm-hmm. and it's also the cure for the therapy right now that makes the therapy more successful but the therapist has to have eyes for health too otherwise the therapist focuses on what's wrong and then that there's a power behind it you can see in that story well yeah but my doctor said that there's no help for what i have well there's no help that that guy knows about it doesn't mean right. that there's no help right right but it's is kind of like that's the blindness if you will that we've been living in in the field is that we have to see beyond the paradigm that we've been operating from because that just does not help people as much as it could and it, it certainly there there's things that people get help from that but not to the degree where they really are out of it and they understand how to navigate life without getting so caught up in their thinking you know it reminds me it reminds me of this, this quick story that bill pettit shared about a, a a patient with ECT and he said he was talking to this guy he had ECT and he'd been really depressed right and he uh, came in to see me he said oh doc he said right after i had the ect i felt so great i felt really good he said and and now times times kind of going by and i'm starting to get depressed again and um so bill says to me says well now tell me what was your thinking like um after ect he said oh yeah he said i felt great but i couldn't think i couldn't like process things very well my brain didn't work very well and he said so how's your thinking now he said oh it's great much better much better you know <laughs> so as he started going back to thinking the feeling he got because ECT kind of clears your mind whether you want it to or not but it clears everything out not just the stuff that's causing you insecurity but your health comes out as a result of that so people think it's because of the ECT they think it's because of the treatment that they make them do like but what happens is kind of like understanding why that would happen and what it would take for that to happen is that you'd have to have an aid health because you certainly aren't processing your way to mental well-being after ECT you're not doing anything yeah that's true that's a great story i remember that now and you know i i think that's why we focus as a, as again, a difference between us and traditional psychology is that it's very important for people to succeed in the work that we do. It's much more important that they understand their own thinking and their own moods and their own state of mind and the, the nature of change and how cut, you know our levels of consciousness change and that even over the course of time, incrementally, you might live your norm, your usual state of mind your usual level of consciousness could be significantly better than it was several years ago when you first started learning about this you still have ups and downs you're just having ups and downs in a different range so you know it's so people we talk about the health of the helper and people say oh you know that's ridiculous i've had you know 
all these years of training and I've done my internship and I've got, you know, this degree or that degree and I'm licensed and I know what I'm doing. And the thing is, see, that's all, that's all in the intellect. That's all the processing. You know, they can process all these problems and everything, but to really know yourself and another person is to know what state of mind you're in and what state of mind they're in to really appreciate the fact that, it's temporary that if they're in a really low state of mind and a low level of consciousness, it doesn't say anything about their, their true nature as people or the health that's within them. It says only what floor they got off of this morning when they got on the elevator. And when we know ourselves, you know, one of the things that we know is that the less you think about yourself, the, the quieter your mind gets and the easier it is to let your let your thoughts drift away and raise your spirits and raise your level of consciousness. And so going to work and getting yourself off your mind and just being present with your client is one way to feel well enough to be of service to the client. And I there have been times, honestly, in my time with clients that I've said, you know, can we just, um, you know, and just spend a few minutes talking about the weather or something because I had I have a lot on my mind and I just need to clear my head before we start. And, you know, you think, oh, well, how can you be so unprofessional and admit to flaws? Well, you know, because you're human. You're telling yourself I'm just like you are. And uh, if you want me at my best, you're going to have to let me clear my head. <laughs> and there's no shame in that because it's just, it helps the clients to understand that we all have different uh, levels of consciousness and that it comes and goes, goes up and down. And, and we can get to new, you know, like move from the basement to the third floor, but we, we don't always visit the rooftop garden. Sometimes we do. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's a powerful thing knowing that everybody has innate health because then it's like, you can hear as people talk, what, what happens that they get caught up in it. Like, and that ha- actually happens with us too. Like we have people that come on the program and say, well, I, I have to watch your, your episodes three and four times. Well, Oh God forbid that you li- listen to these three or four times because <laughs> it, it's not our podcast. That's helping you. It's you pointing yourself in the direction of your own health. And then you start thinking, Oh, it's the podcast that made me feel that way. Yeah. When people are at a, at a lower level of consciousness and they don't see that that innate health is in them, anything can look like it's, it's, it's fixing them. But I'm telling you that this podcast can't fix anybody, that everybody has that ability to find that state of mind. And that's your ability to listen and start to awaken to how thought works in you to how consciousness works in you to how that innate state of mental well-being can come through you no matter what's happened in your life. That's what's happening. Don't make it be about anything that's your, that is doing it to you because you will go back to your old thinking if you do that. That's all it is. You just mm-hmm. think that this thing is making you feel better. Now, do things that point you in the direction of health generally, are they more positive and does it help more? Yes, but it's still not the uh, the podcast because I'm sure there are people that listen to our podcast and think oh man these ladies are totally nuts 
<laughs> if it was the yeah. Time, we'd changed the field already, but so far that hasn't happened. Right. But, you know, the truth is that um, sometimes it's like anything you listen to that quiets your thinking down will help you. So part of our goal is to just talk common sense and practicality and, you know, explain things. And, you know, we have a lot of love between us. And so I think, you know, people get a nice feeling from listening. But seriously, it's it's what's happening inside them that's changing them. You know, in other words, so they suddenly they clear their head and they start thinking just like the couple, you know, a, a couple that suddenly rediscovers love. You know, they discover the love for themselves. They discover, oh, yeah, you know, that's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, they're, they're, that happens within them, not from us. Well, on that lovely note, let's uh, say aloha to our fans and uh, uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Be good to yourselves. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.